Welcome to Waymaker, to see and experience God like never before. We're so glad that you're going to join us on this Waymaker journey. We are praying for you that you will behold a God, a loving Father, your Waymaker, like maybe you've never seen Him before. Waymaker, Chapter 9, His Peace. Grace and peace to you is the way that Paul opened or closed many of his letters to the early churches. Wow, we take it so for granted because we've heard those two words so often, grace and peace, grace and peace. As we round the corner to end all of the circles, we have one more circle next time together, but today our teaching is about the circle of peace. You see, there's a scripture that says, I will keep him in perfect peace, him whose mind is stayed on me because he trusts in me. That exactly is what we've been talking about, keeping our minds stayed on him and who he is. That is exactly the perspective that brings a sense of peace. I want grace. That's the first circle. Grace is just a continual pursuit, seeing God continually loving me and reaching out to me in spite of who I am or what I've done, that I can bring nothing to the table. I can just receive his unconditional love and acceptance of me. That is the first step to a spirit of peace. It's so wrapped up in the good news of the gospel. I'll tell you what, I wrote this chapter on peace in your book long before 2020. <laughs> I think I wrote it at the end of 2018. If you'll remember, the Waymaker study was paused for almost a year because of the um, pandemic. So I thought I had the context of peace back then. But then, if you had told me that we were about to be confronted with a pandemic, with civil unrest, natural disasters never heard of before, as many as we've seen this year. So many, many things layered up to bring a sense of anxiety and unrest. The opposite of peace. It's really interesting when I looked up the um, anonyms for the word peace. Um, think about how many of these words you've heard in the media in recent months and over the past year. Turmoil, unrest, discord, fighting, confusion, anxiety. Unfortunately, those could be the taglines under the, word, the, the year 2020. Those could be the themes of our life this year if we've chosen to look horizontally at the things of this world and how they are not giving us a sense of peace. But today, my prayer for you as you listen to the teaching is that your focus would turn from horizontal to vertical one more time. This um, shift in perspective is what will bring you peace. The Lord has had me lately in a lot of places in the word about sheep and the shepherd. And so that is going to be where we hang out a lot today in the talk about peace. 
It's interesting, um, one of my favorite books of all time is called A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. It was actually my grandfather's favorite book. Maybe that's why it means so much to me. But it's written by a shepherd, and he speaks of all the analogies in Scripture of the sheep and the shepherd and looks at it from a very practical standpoint about how it's all true um, in the real life, everyday work of the earthly shepherd and the sheep. But one of my favorite parts, and I, I adore this, is that there's a passage, there's a verse in the 23rd Psalm that says, um, you make me lie down in green pastures. I think of that phrase, lie down in green pastures, as a wonderful description of the word peace. But as I read the book and came to understand sheep, it's interesting that they will not lay down until two things have happened. One is that they've eaten and they feel full and provided for nutritionally. And the second is when they feel safe, which is often inside the gate. Um, and then also that the shepherd is near protecting them. I actually watched a YouTube video of a literal shepherd trying to wrestle a sheep to lay down in a green pasture when he was hungry and none of the other sheep were around and he wasn't in the gate. And he showed how hard it was for him to wrestle that sheep to the ground and the sheep kept standing back up. And then he showed another sheep um, that was fed and with the other sheep and close to the shepherd and he was peacefully laying down in the pasture. You see, that's what God calls us to. What brings the sense of peace for the sheep to be able to lay down and rest is the presence of the shepherd. John 10 is just the best passage about this. Um, another really interesting thing to look at in John 10 um, is that says, it's talking about the shepherd. When he has brought out all of his sheep, all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. The other day I was at um, the grocery and I was doing self-checkout and I heard this voice and it, it sounded like it was about three or four aisles over um, and it was the voice of a girl that I'd gone to high school with that was on my cheerleading squad. And my ears lit up and I'm like, there, that has got to be Tammy. It, it just has to be Tammy. It couldn't be anybody else. And so, as I was getting in the car and loading up the groceries, I was just thinking, that is so interesting that, that we recognize one another's voices, that, that our voices are just as individual and unique as our DNA is. So, how did I know her voice? It was very familiar to me. I'd gotten to know her. God's voice to you should be easily recognizable to offer you a sense of peace in his presence. So if you're not hearing his voice, maybe it's because it's not very familiar. Maybe he's speaking, but you don't recognize it. The secret to this um, is repetition, spending time in his word and in conversation with him in prayer, getting back to those circles of presence and promises getting to know him, spending time with him, allowing him 
to speak to you and touch you so much that you recognize his voice when he speaks and it brings you a sense of calm in the midst of turmoil. You see also in John 10, it says the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I come that they might have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Isn't that what robs our joy and gives us a sense of anxiety and worry because we're afraid of things around us that will kill, steal, and destroy us? Maybe not necessarily physically as much as internally, our mindset, um, our identity, who we think we are. We forget who we are in Christ. The enemy comes to steal our identity, to steal our security, to rob us of um, many things to kill and destroy us. But don't forget, we don't need to fear the enemy after what we talked about last week um, with God being our protector. So the idea of the protector being the shepherd, that he not only feeds the sheep and keeps them well-nourished, but he's there and um, in their midst speaking to them words of calm assurance, of calm assurance. So do you, do you know your shepherd's voice? Can you easily recognize it? Do you need a sense of peace? I cannot imagine that any of you right now would not be longing for peace like I am, like we never have longed for it before. You'll continually see how each one of the circles is connected. If I gave you two circles in one moment, you probably could do a short synopsis of how those two circles are connected. Um, I wanna tell you a little story about voices and comfort and peace. Our kids, during our kids, um, our oldest son, his wife, and their two little boys, our two grandsons, lived in China during the beginnings of the pandemic. The first time I heard of the pandemic, well, it wasn't a pandemic, it was just this terrible flu-like disease that was killing people, was in China. And we began to be worried about the kids and what was going on over there. We had no idea that one day we would be living in the middle of it as well. But over um, a number of weeks, the kids tried to move away from the virus and get somewhere safe as well as there were some security unrest um, in Asia, and they were dodging security issues and dodging the pandemic, and it caused them to be able, or caused them to have to move a lot because they didn't want to get too far away from their city so that they could go back. So they went to a few Asian cities during this time attempting to stay close to home, Finally, as you know, they ended up moving back to America. Their visas were canceled. Most missionaries around the world um, with a spirit of unrest and not knowing what was happening with the pandemic moved to their home bases, um, hoping to one day get back to their stations of ministry. So our kids and their two little boys moved in with us. Um, and they had moved 10 times in the year prior, 10 times. They'd had to go to all different places to try to find security and safety and wellness. And the the little boy, um, their oldest son, is named Johnny. He was two at the time. 
And you can imagine being the mother and father of a two-year-old and having to move that much with the pack and play. I remember the pack and play, like just when we would take them to the beach the first two or three nights or get, going away to, to someone's house to visit out of town. It's just so hard for little ones to rest when they're not in secure and familiar surroundings. So when they moved in with us, I would start to hear Ty and Jenna as they would put Johnny to bed. And they would say prayers with him, and we could hear through the wall one phrase that they would say to Johnny. And it was, don't, you don't need to worry. Mama and Daddy always come back. Mama and Daddy always come back. And he was hardly speaking sentences at the time, but they taught him to say this. And he would say, Mama and Daddy always come back. And that's what gave him security, the knowledge that his mom and dad loved him and cared for him and that he was safe, whether he was in a pack and play in Thailand or at his Nana Anna's house or in his new nursery at church, all of these unfamiliar places, he would hear their voice saying, Mama and Daddy always come back. You see, a sense of God's presence, that is what gives us a security unlike any other. God is always present. He's always there with you. I, I can just imagine David being so alone as a shepherd in the fields with the sheep at night with all the wild animals that he could hear ready with his um, slingshot. And then I was reminded of the harp. I feel like his ability to play the harp and we see so much of his psalms and the music in the psalms, um, that, that I believe is how he drew near to God in worship. Playing the harp gave his soul peace in the midst of turmoil with all that was swirling around him as he was very alone, probably anxious and worried. And so playing the harp would give him a sense of God's presence and, and praying to God and worshiping God would let him know that he wasn't alone. I want to share with you a few things that give you a loss of peace so that you might can recognize these things, head them off at the pass, be aware of things um, that give a spirit of unrest. Number one, the loss of peace happens when you allow your thoughts to turn over and over with all of the what-ifs, as you let your mind wander with human considerations that, lose, that lead you to fear. The human mind is a fearful mind. The mind outside of God, outside of his design, his purpose, his plan, his love, his security, and all that he brings, there, there lies a spirit of anxiety and turmoil. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I just love the thought of the peace of God layering my heart and layering my mind to combat anxiety and worry. I'll say this one again. The loss of peace happens when you allow your thoughts to turn over and over with all the what-ifs as you let your mind wander with human considerations that lead to fear. 
A lot of times that happens to me in the middle of the night. Number two, um, the loss of peace happens when you focus horizontally at your surroundings instead of vertically at your Savior. Like we mentioned earlier, when you focus horizontally and you are looking around to the right and to the left in front of you and behind you and things are encroaching that you didn't expect, that you can't predict, that seem scary and fearful, that cause you to feel insecure and worried. Right now, I think you're probably thinking of something. I know I am. Psalms 1, 21 says, Lift up your eyes unto the hills. From where does your help come from? Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So as you feel anxious, remind yourself, quit looking to the right and to the left and look up. Look up and he will give you peace. He will remind you, I am here. I am here to help you. I'm here to save you. I'm here to offer security. How about this? I have a plan. There's a purpose in all this. Settle down and trust me. I can do anything. The third um, loss of peace happens when you attempt to reason with the world and what it seems to offer that would give you temporary peace. That's me. When I feel anxious and worried or I feel a spirit of unrest, I think, oh, just turn the news off. Um, maybe have an extra glass of wine tonight. Maybe um, do some shopping retail therapy. Um, just how about, I just want to go get under a blanket and, and feel warm and, and go to sleep. If y'all are like me during these days, I just, at eight o'clock at night, I just want to get in the bed and shut it all off by going to sleep. These are all the things that the world offers among many other things um, that might, you might be pulled to get more peace in your life. First John 2, 16 and 17 says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. There we go again with the will of God. Remember that's synonymous with his purposes. So if we shift our focuses to, God, what are you doing? that curious spirit instead of, what are you doing? Everything is spinning out of control. No matter how much it feels like it, y'all, if you are God's child, nothing is spinning out of control. Everything is being tightly held in place. There is a plan that you can bank on. Have strong faith and ask him to help you trust and believe one more day. This perspective will offer, offer a sense of peace. Romans 8, 6 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Y'all, to set the mind horizontally on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit offers you life and peace, a different way to live. The fourth way um, that brings a loss of peace is when you take matters into your own hands and in bondage in bondage you manipulate deceive and serve yourself in order to gain control this offers a false sense of peace goodness i fight a lot many days to control 
if I could just make this happen and this happen, I, I, I feel the urge to manipulate, to maybe deceive, to maybe um, seek to work my life out the way that I think will bring me peace. Y'all, I have no idea. I've told you so many stories where God says, I have a better way. I have a better plan. Do you trust me? I think about that scene in Aladdin where he, he found Jasmine on the roof and he was on the magic carpet ride and she's looking at him with adoring eyes and he reaches out his hand and says, let's go for a magic carpet ride. And fear, she's not sure. And he looks at her and he says, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I hear that voice often from God, a familiar voice of let go, quit trying to control this situation. Do you trust me? Do you trust me in this relationship? Do you trust me in this challenge? Do you trust me in this area? Do you believe that I am powerful enough? I love you so much, Anna, and I have everything that you need to offer you a sense of peace. Do you trust me? The last way um, that offers a, that we lose peace is when um, we forget all that God has given us in the truths of the gospel. I keep saying the word gospel. I, I'll tell it to you one more time. The definition of the gospel is good, really, really good news for hell-deserving and broken sinners like you and me through the person and work of Jesus Christ and all that he offers when we choose to accept him, when we choose to ask for forgiveness of our sins, when we choose to surrender our life and make him Lord of our life. There's so many benefits as we are welcomed as adopted children. We're able to say, Abba, Father, he provides for us. He loves us. We come into his kingdom. And our identity is no longer, no longer an identity that's attached to the things of this world that offer nothing. Our identity is deeply rooted in a secure position of who we are in Christ. Y'all, that is the gospel. And when we forget those things, when we forget those things, the truths of the gospel, we become confused, anxious, worried. We're in bondage to things that we believe about ourselves that are not true. Second Peter 1.9 says, whoever lacks these traits is nearsighted to the point of blindness, having forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. I think of another phrase that I want to hear from God. There he says, Anna, look at what you're doing. You're not a free girl. You've forgotten. You've forgotten who you are in me. You do not need to worry. I am here. Do you hear my voice? You are safe. I'm taking care of you. Don't forget. There's always more peace to be offered, way more than we can ever imagine is available to us. Again, that grace that we're offered is a vertical receiving of who we are in Christ. And the way that plays out horizontally is in peace. Grace and peace to you. I want more of him. I want more of this kind of peace that cannot be taken away. It can't be taken away. In your book on page 125, you'll see a section that says, Peace comes when you have 
five things. Peace comes when you have a sense of being loved and cared for. Romans 8, 38 says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Peace comes when we have a sense that he loves us and he cares for us. Number two, peace comes when you have a sense that things are not spinning out of control. Colossians 1.17 says, And he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. They're not unraveling. If you are his, it's not unraveling. Focus on the fact that he is holding all things together. Number three, peace comes when you have a sense of forgiveness. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you believe? Do you believe that, that um, your sinful record was exchanged that day that Jesus hung on the cross as the great sacrifice and forever he gave you the perfect record? My word. It, it is unimaginable. You know you understand this when that sounds too good to be true. The fourth um, one I would like to mention, peace comes when you have a sense of worth. For you know, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. All you have to do is glance at the cross, or if you have one hanging around your neck, hold on to it with your hand, draw a cross on an index card, put it in your pocket. All you have to do is glance at the cross to remember you are so valuable. He adores you as his sheep. He is your good shepherd. He does not want to let anything happen to you. He wants you to have a sense of peace when drawing near to him. Like it says in James, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. A sense of his presence brings peace. The last one, number five, peace comes when you have a sense that your future is secure. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Sometimes what we need to hear is the voice of God say, Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. You know how we know that? We know that because we know the end of the story. Some of our stories, we can see the end in two weeks and how God takes care of the things that worry us. Some two years, some 20 years. But we do believe that ultimately all right wrongs will be made right upon the day of Christ Jesus in eternity. That's the end of the story that we know, that we can bank our security about the future. I do not know what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. Again, you shift your focus horizontally from what's ahead in the future, and you look up vertically to who is the one. What have we come to know about his character? 
Isaiah, Isaiah 26, 3 again says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Because he trusts in you. I have a friend named Emily. And Emily um, was married and had two young girls in elementary school when the Lord decided to take the life of her husband in a very tragic plane crash. Um, I've come to know Emily um, over the years, and Emily exudes a sense of peace that's unexplainable. When I talk to her, the expression on her face, the look in her eye, it's curious to me because all that she's been through with those two girls, that she has such a foundation and such an inner peace that just pours out of her. So one day at our coffee shop, she was at the bar drinking coffee, and I said, Emily, I just have to ask you, how do you live with such peace? How do you live with such peace? And she said, well, I'll tell you what, it goes back to the day or two after her husband, the daddy of her little girls, was killed. And she said, the girls and I were beside ourselves. We could not stop crying. She said, we cried morning, noon, and night. We were so sad. We were grieving deeply. We were just missing our husband and our daddy so desperately. And I prayed and asked God to help me show the girls how to live in the midst of deep sadness. And she said, so one morning I realized that um, I could ask them to try not cry until lunchtime. So at breakfast, she said, girls, today, how about we trust God till lunchtime? Why don't we all try not to cry and to remind each other that God has a plan and that he loves us? Let's see if we can get to lunchtime without crying. And they nodded their little heads. And they made it to lunchtime without crying. And then at lunchtime, she said, okay, girls, God helped us make it to lunchtime. Let's see if we can make it till dinner time." without crying. But we have to remember that we're not alone and that God didn't leave us, um, that he is here with us, and they made it to dinner time. And then she said the same thing to bedtime. Um, Such a dear, precious story of the way we can trust God. He just wants to trust him for the next hour. He just wants us to remember everything's going to be okay. Emily needed to say that to her girls. Everything's going to be okay. And then to remind them again midday, everything's going to be okay. Do y'all know what we're talking about here? This is mustard seed faith. You just need enough to say, okay, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to go one more hour and he will give you peace. I'm willing to go one more day. I'm willing to surrender and sacrifice and say, Lord, I trust you because you are good. I'm willing to go one more week, one more month, one more year. Whatever he's calling you to do, where he ordains, he will sustain. He will enable you to endure because you are confident of the peace that he offers you. I want to walk with you through all of these circles, and we'll land next week on our final circle, knowing that the repetitious messages of these of these circles and of the story in our lives of God, these are the things that bring peace. 
And my prayer for you is that you will truly have a peace that surpasses all understanding, which he talks about in his word. This is the kind of father he is to us and shepherd, the good shepherd of, uh, of, of these sheep like us that are so needy and long for rest. Psalm 84, My soul longs for the courts of the Lord. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yet faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sings for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home in the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, and my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Selah. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose hearts are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Selah. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord is a God for the Lord God is sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor, no good thing he does he no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. As we begin to round the corner to the end of our Waymaker journey, I'm reminded of the scripture that says, O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Truly, it's been a joy for me to make much of God with you on these episodes. As you begin to finish this journey, we want to ask that you would prayerfully consider someone in your life who would benefit from hearing more about the story of God in their life, whether it be a friend or loved one, a family member, or even your small group. We hope to give you materials to make this process very easy for you. To see all of the resources that are available, please go to beaconpeople.org forward slash waymaker and there you will see resources to equip you in getting this to others. Thank you.